Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Uh, hi, I'm sitting here with Coach Parcells, Hall of Famer, class of 2013. Congratulations. Um, I've got to start off with why football? I mean, we got to go back to the beginning. I mean, how does football get so ingrained and to be such a big part of who you are? Well, it was kind of an accident, really. I really viewed myself as a baseball player. I had the opportunity to play baseball out of high school. My father wanted me to get college education. He thought that was more important. I understand now what he was trying to do, but I wanted to play baseball, so I thought I was a baseball player. Uh, my first year in college, uh, same thing, got offered another contract by a professional team and he wouldn't let me take it. So I kind of got a little rebellious. I left school and I wound up going out west to Wichita State and I only played baseball one more year and then I got into football and kind of took on a life of its own after that. Like My interest kind of switched but uh, baseball was really my first love when I was a young guy. You know, another coach sat in this chair talked about baseball and claimed that he was a you know, really, really good baseball player. Coach Knight, a friend of yours. Said well, he could play some baseball. Did you guys ever play together? No, or? we never played baseball together. You know, he's from Ohio. I'm from New Jersey. But we I know he's a student of baseball, and so am I. And uh, we've had a lot of discussions about baseball and, you know, what if. And we in, both enjoy We go to the, you know, spring training uh, a lot, and we go together sometimes, and we visit with the managers there. And, and both of us are interested in the uh, – strategical aspects of the game and in fact you know we we discuss things and and kind of ask them questions and they consult with us about situations it's kind of it's kind of fun well give me while we're talking about your childhood it seems like your dad had a strong influence on you give me a great childhood memory something that happened when you were a kid that is a profound a profound effect for later on I I think maybe the, the main thing my dad influenced me on is one night I was playing a basketball game. We got beat by about 12, and the team didn't play well, and I didn't play very well. And I came home after the game, and he said, you know what? And he was not a pusher of athletics. You know, if you want to play, that's fine. If you don't want to play, that's fine. But you're going to do well in school. He said, you know what? You ought to just give up. You ought to give it up. And I said, if, you, if you're going to go down there and do what you did tonight, you know, you just, you just ought to give it up. And he says, because it was a poor effort by everybody and you included. And they said, if, you, if you're part and party of that, he said, you're not gonna make your way. So I never forgot that about, you know, it is kind of the reminder of, it doesn't matter what the scoreboard says if you're a good competitor, it doesn't matter. Would you say you have a high level of competitive spirit as one of your secrets to your sauce? Um, you know, I, I always, I always, kind of resented the guys that always portray themselves as, well, you know, I hate to lose. Whenever I hear that, I know I'm looking at a guy that's probably scared about the, the combative part of, of, of competition. And I don't know. I think it's not so much competitiveness. It's sometimes just the willingness to do things longer than other people. And that's what's that what's, that's what allows you to succeed athletically. You don't have to do them better sometimes, but you just have to do them longer because you can, I guess they use the word, you can grind them down if you, if you just stay at it. 
back a little bit on West Point. I know that you know that's a stop along the way, profound stop, and obviously you met Coach Knight. And did you meet Coach Knight in West Point? I did. Why? How does West Point even get? Make, how does that? How does that stop happen? The stop happens uh, quite coincidentally. Uh, my high school football coach was the head coach, had become the head coach at Army, and he knew I was in coaching, and he knew I was looking to, you know try to move along in the profession. So he gave me the opportunity at West Point in the 66, 67. When you look back and, and you know, we go over your career and, and it's an amazing career when you think about it. Um, a lot of guys don't get the opportunities, let alone the success with those opportunities. Ever ever look back and, and pinch yourself and say, wow, I can't believe. Oh, hey, God was good to me. I don't know why he picked me out. I, I understand what you're saying, Brandon, right there about opportunity. You have to have it, and, and then you have to make the best of it uh, when you get it. And, uh, you know, you don't come into this game, or this profession, uh, really aspiring. You're just trying to win enough games to keep the job you have when you first get in it. And, and then as time goes on, you, you, you start hoping that maybe you'll get the opportunity to do something. And then with the Giants, uh, I eventually uh, got the opportunity to be a head coach, Patriots as an assistant coach before that. And, uh, and then you, ha you have to make the most of it. And quite frankly, I almost failed my first year. I was close an inch from being out uh, in, in my first year and in the beginning of my second year. And so, but fortunately, I kind of got over the hump. We won some games. We won a playoff game. Things kind of took off. Was there a differentiator in all that? Were you ever, ever in the back of your mind go, man, I, I, think I, I think I'm done. I don't think it's going to work out for oh, me. Oh, I thought if I, there was a situation that it, it was in 1984. I mean, our player, we all talked about it. The players talked about it with me. Uh, where we were three and three and we were going to Atlanta, I believe, to play. And um, I felt like if I lost that game, I could be fired in my second year in the middle wow. of the season. But we won it, and then we went on a streak, and we won five or six or seven straight. We got in the playoffs, won the game, and then things were went better. Yeah, you, you know, basically four main coaching jobs, right? Right. Yeah, you know, Jets, Cowboys, Giants, Patriots. Regrets? I mean, did you wish maybe looking back, maybe you had your whole run at one organization, or you kind of felt like that was all part of the growth, and you're happy with those decisions? You know, that's a good question. I I always felt like I was a giant at heart. I grew up around. Uh, the New York area. I was a Giant fan when I was a youngster. I had kind of an illness there that came along. I had a heart, little heart problem when, at the end of my Giant tenure, and I, I just wanted to get that solved. And um, You know, I thought I'd been there. I'd been there 10 years, two as an assistant, eight as a head coach. I thought I'd been there long enough. I got that physical problem solved. Then I went to New England. Now, New England is where I had the little confrontation with ownership and but I'd put a lot of blood into that organization and we had a really good team uh, it was young we were in the Super Bowl uh, in 96 with a very young team and all we needed was just a couple of little things and we would have been pretty formidable for a few years and so to leave there uh, retrospectively I, I feel like I probably made a mistake and uh, I would do things differently um, than I did then, uh, if it were now. So, I, but then you went to go work for a more insane owner, or a more intense owner, or whatever was, word you want to. You know, but yeah, but he was great. I liked. You, you him. liked him? Yes, I did very much. He was. I I get. I got. I got him. I got guys like him. He's he's passionate. He's willing to back it up. 
and uh, his word was good. If he told you he was doing something, he was absolutely doing it. And uh, that goes a long way with me. I'll tell you, you, when you get in there and you, you can talk with a guy candidly and, and ask and, and... How big is trust to you? It seems like trust is a big thing to you. How big is it? Pretty big. It's tough. It's tough enough business. This football business, but if you if you if you don't know who the your allies are in there, it's it's really tough. But you know, when I look at your career, and it's it is a story career, and respect. There's one thing: you know, people love you, hate you. You know, you're gonna go through, but there's always respect. People know, you know, when you're on the sidelines, you're gonna be in for it. If you're on the other sidelines, but the jet thing is always cloudy to people out there. What's you know, how can you, what's your take on the jet thing and to put that behind us? Like, do you feel that's behind you or do you, because it seems like it's cloudy. Why did you leave? And, and, because it seemed like you probably did the best work there maybe in the last 20 years. I was, I was basically getting tired of coaching. Uh, we had had a, a kind of a succession plan in place uh, with uh, Bill Belichick and, uh, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, as time changes, people change, and they alter their opinions on what they want to do, and that's kind of what happened, and uh, it went from there. You were close there, too. I mean, think about it. I mean, right there. We were pretty close there. You know, it's, but every year's a new year. You yeah. know, you, know, you got to start where you started. It, you can't go back and pick up where you left off. That never works. You have to start over and put the time in and the investment and and it's every team's a different team every year, and you have to approach it that you way. You and Bill good? Would you oh, say? Oh yeah, yeah. We live in the same building in Florida, so I see him. So you guys, the, you know, the, the, there's like this mystique that you guys aren't. No, no, everything's good. Yeah. You collect, by the way? Are you? Do you, are you I do. I have an awful lot of things. Uh, I Always have, a collector, or? Um, yeah, of sorts. I have a very by any standards substantial baseball collection cards. really yeah baseball cards oh yeah a favorite card or two that you may that you want to mention oh well you know the obvious sense. cards uh i've got uh obviously i got 52 mickey mantle card was one of the most uh revered card absolutely but i have every card every i'll just use the products every tops card from 50 to 71. I have every Bowman card from 50 to 54. I go back into the 30s. I have some Gowdy sets. I have some 41 play balls, the Maggio and Ted Williams rookie cards. I have an extensive collection. Now I have some football cards too, uh, going back to the 50s. Of course, they're not at the premium the baseball cards right. are. So That's pretty I, good, Coach. I have them. I like them. Wow, that's, I'm shocked. And I, did you save some stuff from the games, from your career? Did you save, you're a sweater uh, guy, save some of the sweaters and no, balls? No, no, I have a few things that are important to me. Uh, but, you know, there were a few coaches that uh, were, when I first came in the league, they were pretty much premier name coaches that took the time for me and uh, to consult with. And I asked questions, Coach Landry being one, the late Al Davis, uh, Chuck Knox, Chuck Knoll. Those guys there were special to me because I was a young nobody. I'd come into the league, but I was soliciting advice. They took the time to give it to me. And there were others that didn't. 
and I knew who they are too. But I, I made up my mind that if I was ever in that position, that I would do everything I could to help a young coach coming along. And I pretty much, I would say, have adhered to that over the years. I have a lot of guys that will call and consult and we talk and kind of go through the procedure with them and it's, I enjoy that. You know, it's amazing is a lot of coaches don't admit that they really found their way through other coaches' visions and help with other coaches. There's another coach that sat in this chair, also Coach Knight's the same thing. He's like, look, I want to be a great coach. I went to the greatest coaches in my eyes, asked for help. You don't see a lot of props for the coach, Noel, even Landry. I mean, these are like the guys who really laid down a lot of the groundwork. And, and hey, that, our predecessors made this this opportunity that we had as coaches, uh, and hopefully we've carried it forward and expanded it and made the opportunity for the for the Tom Coughlins and the Bill Belichicks and the Sean Paytons and guys that I work with, I think we have, and and that's what's made it great. And then too, they're doing the same thing for their people, and that's what it's supposed to be about. Do you have a favorite coach or two these days that you see yourself a little bit in that, through them? You live vicariously through the, the way they coach. No, I'd say the one I talk to the most is Sean Payton. Uh, I I talk to him regularly, and. You know, he's he wants to know what I think about things. And uh, and I want to know what he thinks. He does some interesting stuff here. There's no question. Does your mind explaining this to me? <laughs> so, But he's great. I, I enjoy him, and I think he's one of the top young guys. It sounds time. like, you know, when I talk to you, uh, we've had the pleasure of having you at the Steiner offices all day. You look like you could still do some coaching. No? The games? The practices? Yeah. I could do that. The ancillary issues? You can have them. What, what are the, what's the number one thing? Is, is the media drive you crazy or not no, so much? No, listen, they have a job to do. You yeah. have to. You have to. But nowadays, the, the, the enormity of the media and, and with this social network oh, yeah. that's expanded and... Are you a Twitter, Facebook guy? No, come on. <laughs> Answer your machine. No. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to, to keep the message the way you want it to. You know, you've always got somebody's looking for attention. Your style of coaching, though, can it work today? I mean, you know, the tough defense, the ground and pound, can that work in today's game? Well, you know, people always say that about me, but... Uh, you know, when I went to New England and we first got Drew Bledsoe, I set an NFL record for a number of passes attempted in the year 1994. So I always felt like I tried to fit the personnel into the system if I could, but if not, try to acclimate the system to more what I had. But I like good defensive team. And if you look at the Super Bowl this year and you see who's playing in it, a couple of the better defenses, as usual. It seemed like when you watch NFL films, like it seems like sometimes you guys went a little crazy on each other. But um, I know you can't give me one specific, but can you give me a handful of your favorite players and why? Just a few. Oh, man. You know, you're asking me to single out. Uh, uh, did, you, know, did you some, loved all your guys. I did like all of them. I, I, I had some great players. I really did. And, uh, you know, I have three. Any, any players that were you just... That gave you the hardest time you didn't like, or you, or you know, not too not bad. really, not too not bad. really. I mean, there's some that that uh, weren't on a par with others, but um, I like them. I 
there, there, there are an awful lot of these guys that really the group that's 84 group, that's where I really start kind of getting going the right way myself. And those players went through the most, I don't know, most crap. Excuse me, fellas. That's my Sherwood Forest phone. That's just an indicator of an email. But those players are the ones that went through the most, the most arduous, tedious training camps. And, yeah. and, uh, and then my first team at New England, the first year there, they went through it too. And then my first year at the Jets, they went through it. So those guys are all special guys to me. Because you have a lot of relationships. When I run into players, I mean, they all feel like I, they're I, like a child to you. Well, we still communicate. That's one of the great things about when you've been a champion. And uh, you'll see me, hear me say this at the Hall of Fame. When they put the trophy over your head, that bonds you together with those guys. And it lasts a whole lifetime. And it really does. And people think that's just lingo. But it's not lingo. It's the truth. And... When one of us is in need, the others run to help. And that's what a team is. But what makes you so different? I mean... I don't know that I'm different. I'm just Bill Parcells. And and I had my guys, and I'm their guy, and they're my guys, and we all know that. Coach, when you, when you see a young coach coming up and they come to you for advice, you know, back to that concept, you know, what do you, what do you tell them as far as, you know, a couple of the key ingredients? You went about your business a lot differently than a lot of coaches that I see on the personal level. It seems like your relationship with your players, it's serious, it's business, but it's personal. Well, if you don't like who the guys you got, and you're in there with them for six, seven months, and you can't, you don't like them, it makes it pretty hard. You know, you want to like, so you try to get guys that you like and are willing to do, that. you know, that, that football's important to them, and they're willing to do the job and put the work in and put the effort in. I believe, I always believe this, Brandon, that the players deserve a chance to win. And not every organization or coach gives them that chance. But I felt an obligatory responsibility to at least attempt myself to give them that chance and try to ensure that the people I were working for understood what I deemed to be necessary to, to win. Now, they had their own opinion. They owned the team. They could do things the way they wanted. And I understand all that. But at least... They needed to know that I felt like the players deserve a chance to win. Is winning everything when, it, when it's all well, said and done? Well, it's pretty darn important in pro football, I can tell you that. And it, as I told the players, I said, you know, if we can win together here, we all get to stay. <laughs> if not, there'll be new guys and new coaches. What's happening? Just a couple quick things. We'll let you go. Um, what's happening with you today? What what what, what gets you up in the morning? What keeps you excited? Well, I'm a horse racing guy. You know, I own horses. I uh, am, I'm in that business. I enjoy it. It's competition. I play a little golf. Um, I have some good friends. Um, I don't. Not too many, but some that I consider close, and uh, I enjoy it. I'm. I'm as I said, God's been good to me. I've been fortunate. I'm in pretty good health. feel pretty good. I get to do kind of what I want to do now. And, uh, hey, this, this football has been a great experience for me. Happy overall? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, uh, Never had a real job. Pretty. It's pretty got to be pretty if you, if you wanted to consider, I mean, you were one of the harder workers. I mean, well, coaching in the NFL. Well, you know, you don't get any medals for that. That's what you're supposed to do.
Love the no medals for trying. I love that book, no medals for trying. That's a must read, by the way. Well, that was a good book. That's the truth. That was my father's expression. Yeah, you know, there's no medals for getting sweaty and trying hard. You know, you get medals for results. I love that book. I think we got to bring that book back. Well, that's almost good for a rewrite. You know, I don't know. Uh, writing any books? Anything else coming up in the future? Uh, there's going to be quite, a, I think, an, a, quite an extensive autobiography. The first of uh, the really in-depth things. Uh, it's coming out in the fall? I don't know when it'll be out. I think 2014. It's been a long time. This has been a five-year project for, oh, really? for somebody. So they've, you know, they've interviewed a couple hundred people and they, they've, it's, they've, it's a pretty deep um, insight into what's going on and we're gonna you know he's he, he's worked hard on it I'm not getting anything for it but he he he's done a good job and he deserves the rewards for it happy the, just a last question happy with the state of the game you know so many things talked about the football the head injuries and all this and that I wish that we would I wish that we would get the variables for the officials under a little bit better control. I mean, I think we have an awful lot of variables, and I think there are a couple of them that really give the official an out. Oh, this player was defenseless, you know, that word. And well, you know, that's a subjective, and then, you know, I think we need to just kind of I, I know what the intent is, and I, I, it's an honorable intent. So we're trying to help the players, you know, survive here. And it is a very, very tough game. But I'd like to kind of help the officials officiate this game to where the players decide the game and the variables in officiating options don't decide it. It seems like there's a, the league is scared. It seems like there's a there's a scared, you know, they're afraid of what some things that have happened in the past, and there's a lot of scrutiny now on. Well, you know, I can't speak for the, the league owners or the officials, uh, but you know, this is a great game, and it. We continue to stumble forward with it. Yeah, oh, it's, it must it's, be a great game. It's a great game. It is so. So I hope we can. The, the powers that be do their best to preserve it and uh, and uh, show the respect to the people that preceded them. And if you can do that, I think all's well and good. Coach, my last question. Yeah, obviously Bill Belichick was a great assistant coach. Can you give me one or two other unsung assistant coaches for you that were great that probably didn't maybe get the notoriety that Bill's gotten now? He's gone on to win a lot of championships. A couple guys you that you love working for you that probably never got the credit? Well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to have any number of very good coaches. Um, I had a defensive line coach, wound up being the head coach that I have a high regard for, named Romeo Cornell. Uh, I thought he was an outstanding defensive coach. He went with Bill and worked and did well up there and wound up getting a head job. Um, of course, Sean was a real good offensive coach, Peyton. I have a high regard for him, but there were there are others. Mike Pope, he's been with the Giants forever. He's excellent. A guy named Bill Muir was an offensive line coach I had uh, with the Jets. I thought he was terrific. Um, Mo Carthon, one of my ex-players, I think he's Great a guy. terrific coach. And what do you, you look for in those guys? Is there a common denominator in all those coaches? 
or just something you connected with with all those guys? You know, they have to be themselves. You know, they, they're their own guys. Yeah. I don't have any kind of common denominator other than it, that football is important to all of them. Yeah. And that's one thing I always wanted to, to see. You know, a lot of there are some coaches that the the trappings in football are important, but the game itself isn't as quite important. But uh, these guys, football is important. Coach, love the relationship. Thanks for sitting down. Glad You're to welcome. have you up here at Steiner Sports. Thank you. We're here for you, and congratulations. Thank you very much. It's a great accomplishment. All right, appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.